0: Good evening and welcome to Pop Culture Double Date. Um, Tonight, I'm joined by Gerald, Anija, Maggie, and um, I'm Darren, so say hello, everyone. Hi! Hello! And tonight, we are talking about Disney's Mulan, um, which was recently... Released on stri- Disney Plus streaming worldwide. I, I think worldwide. Um, it's definitely been released in Australia. Um, yeah, and I mean, we have watched it. It was a very different... I, I believe this film would have been released in cinemas, but because of the global situation, um, we now are in a world of buying sort of premium content on our streaming services and watching premier movies at home. So that was a pretty interesting experience, I think, for all of us. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a chat today about Mulan. Um, this is going to be a full spoilers podcast, so um, you should probably watch this film, watch the film first, or if you don't mind, we're just going to talk about the film Warts and All. So um, why don't we get started? So um, look, as a bit of background, I think, look, if you've seen the Disney cartoon version of Mulan, um, in sort of broad plot strokes, it's this live-action Mulan is very similar to that cartoon. Like in very broad plot strokes only, um, but it's basically about um, a girl who a, a Chinese girl who it's based in China, obviously, and it's about a Chinese girl who runs away. Uh, to join the army because there's conscription and she doesn't want her father to enlist in the army because her father has been injured. Well, is he's, he's an army vet who's been injured. Anyway, so it's about her joining the army and her adventures in trying to save China from a barbarian invasion after she joins the army. I think that basically sums up the, the film, right? Um, so yeah, I sense that amongst... Uh, the four of us here, there are two of us with very strong chi that they want to get off their chests, and I think um, definitely Anager and Maggie have a lot to say about this film <laughs> so <laughs> I sense their chi, I sense a great amount of chi coming from them <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that, that is, I, sense, I sense a great disturbance in the chi
0: yeah, absolutely <laughs> don't worry, I'll get to talk about the disturbance of the chi later Anija, would you like to shoot first? Because I know that you were a big <laughs> fan of the original animated Mulan.
2: Sure, why don't I? Look, after watching the live-action movie, I did pretty much write a three-page essay on uh, my critique <laughs> of it. But unfortunately, I'm not very good at talking off notes, so I've abandoned them and we'll just have to see what I remember of it. So the first issue I had with it is just how unfaithful it was to the core or the soul of the um, cartoon story and it doesn't have to be faithful it can be something else it can be something new but i think what it was was worse than what the cartoon was the cartoon was more compelling so the cartoon story you have a young girl the only reason she's going off to war is to save her father because she loves her father so much and she you know she knows what she's doing is incredibly dangerous and wrong on many levels and she you know she she needs her ancestors to kind of forgive and look out for her and it's a big moment she goes off and she trains. She's not a, a soldier to begin with. Um how could she be? That's incredibly unrealistic. She kind of trains and she's hopeless, right? She's no good at being a soldier as you would expect. Um, and there's that beautiful sequence um, um, that's that's done to the song I'll make a man out of you where the whole army is being trained and everyone's pretty poor but Mulan is like the poorest of all of them Um, and she's about to get kicked out and it's her intelligence and her resourcefulness and her perseverance and her heart (laughs) that allow her to stay in the army because she figures out how to um, succeed in the challenge that their trainer has set for them without brute strength so you need strength to succeed but she's figured Out a smart way to get to the top of that pole um, without her strength. And, you know, I love that message that, yes, like physical strength is important, but intelligence and resourcefulness and all of that stuff and determination, all of those things are also important. And a woman woman might often not have the same physical strength as a man, but, you know, why could we not be a match in these other ways? So there's that beautiful moment. And also what I love about it is that she is never – She's not ashamed of being a woman because she's driven by the fact that she wants to save her father. She's driven by the power of her love for him. Um, and so she's not ashamed of being a woman. And when she's discovered, you know, um, she's still, she, she, she's not, that's, what, that's the point she makes. I did this to save my father. Now, on the other hand, with the live action movie, somehow Mulan is just a soldier with magic powers to start with. And her... <laughs> which, is, which is strange, but I can accept that. I can accept that she's a she's a she's she's got magic powers. Um the force the force is strong with her, the chi is strong. Okay,
0: and can I just the... can I just explain to the audience what Anager is talking about in this film, right? So what I one hundred percent agree with everything Anager has said. One hundred percent. Like but in the live action film, Mulan is basically the story set off is that um, her dad, at the beginning outset of the film, basically says that she has she is like has so much chi, and for whatever reason, this chi just instantly makes her a martial arts expert and a superhero of sorts. From the age of like like basically from the time she was born, she knows how to fight. She came out of the womb and she was like fighting kung fu. That's the setup of this film. Okay? Anyway, editor, go on. So basically all this stuff is just focus. It's basically about how much chi you have. That that's that's really a lot of what this film is about. Anyway, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: To be fair, I don't think they think she comes out really as a soldier, but she comes out with the soldier spirit and she recognises it and her father recognises it in her and so he trains her, which I think is incredibly unrealistic. There is no way you would train your child to be something that would get them killed, not just because battle gets you killed, but because if anybody found out that she was training, she would get expelled from the community or killed so no parent is going to you know encourage that in their child so extremely unrealistic and then when she goes off to war yes it is to save her father but it's actually almost more so because she is a soldier at heart and that is her path and she's kind of just following her path which was not as compelling to me as you know I'm doing this for the sake of love um then there is no there okay there are two there are many tropes in movies. There one trope is the rocky the rocky trope, right? You start off being not very good and then you train and you become amazing and we love that, right? That's the hero's journey, yeah. that's Yeah. we love that. Then there's the Cinderella trope and that's when you're not very good looking and then you have a makeover and then you become beautiful. <laughs> And unfortunately, I think this movie was the Cinderella trope because there's no training. She's already kick ass, okay? She doesn't develop or improve her skills in any way Um, what she is, is like a soldier with dirt on her face and her beautiful hair tied in a bun wearing soldier clothes. And then in the moment of change in the movie, she has this beautiful Pantene hair flowing in the wind. All the dirt has gone off her face. She's wearing this beautiful red gown that's come out of nowhere. And she is just the physical embodiment of beauty itself. And that's the change because she's already a kick-ass soldier. So... I didn't like that the trope was the Cinderella trope. It just seemed a bit strange to me, right? Because if this is about how kick-ass women are, she doesn't need to look that way. You know, it doesn't need to be about her physical beauty at all. It was just a bit strange. Anyway, anyway... So in this movie, she's not she's not training. There's nothing like that. She's always really good, and so there's a whole lot of nothing that happens, right? Like all this, all the feeling of the movie is just like the humor where they're kind of making jokes in the camp, but the humor seems really out of place because this is not a funny, this is not a comedy with is it Eddie Murphy as as Moushu sure? yeah, right? Yeah. This is not that kind of movie, so the humor seems out of place. You're kind of just. The romance is underdeveloped and you can't figure out why these two like each other, why Mulan and the love interest like each other. There's not enough fight scenes that would have been so much fun. There could have been so much fun fight scenes and battle scenes and training scenes built in, but there really isn't very much. For some reason, they drew on that amazing pole scene in the cartoon, the I'll Make a Man man Out of You scene um, in the movie by showing her climb up to the mountain, but no resourcefulness, no intelligence, you know, nothing. She just walks walks up the mountain. Why take that scene? Why try to pay homage to that scene if you've completely missed what that scene is about? Like, I would rather you just left it out altogether than, like, take all the heart and soul from it. Anyway...
0: Can I, can I just <laughs> add to that, right? Because yeah. I also love that I'll, I'll make a man out of you scene in the cartoon. And I oh. think the other thing that makes the scene in the cartoon so much more endearing is because as she's training, not only is she becoming stronger and more resourceful and you see her ingenuity, but her comrades also simultaneously yes. like become like, better people as well, right? They become, like, a squad sort of thing, right? There's this sort of sense that there's something building together, right?
2: It's so an amazing sequence. It's yeah, amazing. Like yeah. Cartoon. It's, yeah.
0: It's, it's, there's so many scenes like that in the cartoon that are just flat-out better. But as you said, in this scene in the live-action movie when she's carrying these water pails up, she just leaves everyone in the dirt. It's it's not like everyone else is really getting better. Like, she just she's just like... She just left them behind. She's, mm. she's like a completely, on a completely different level, right? So mm. I think it actually rips the heart out of the whole point of that, right? That, you know, she, yeah. in one, she's kind of a man, well, not a man, a woman of her squad. In another, she's like, she's actually just a superhero and everyone yeah. else is just a normal person, right? Yeah.
2: So, in that cartoon sequence, the part where she climbs the pole, that is not the end of the sequence. You no, no, no,
0: no. Yep, that's right, yep.
2: Because, hey, it's the middle, and then, well, the, the two-third mark, and the other third is dedicated to how they come together as a team, yep. you know, and they improve yep. as a team. It's yep. such a brilliant sequence, yep. I love it. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so then, um, the battle sequence, there's a, there's a okay, the... I'll leave the action for later. Battle sequence happens, and she gets, you know, she decides to confess. What I don't like about it is that she is made to feel shame in this movie for lying about being a woman, which I think is ridiculous. She's not lying because she's deceitful. She's lying because of the structural inequities that existed at the time that would have made it impossible for her to be honest about who she is. And so she's lying for survival because it's the only thing she could do. So the idea that she would be overcome with shame and want to confess for that reason so that she could be a more honorable person person i think was a bit it it just sat really wonky with me um whereas in the in the cartoon when she gets discovered she says look i did this to save my dad and it's actually quite powerful and there's no shame because she's proud of the fact that she did this to save her dad Mm. um I thought the Emperor, they try way too hard to make the Emperor a nice guy in the movie, like like a clearly good human being, whereas in the cartoon, there's more dimension to him, which is completely weird because it's a cartoon. (laughs) Um, I will say, one thing I liked about it was the relationship between Mulan and the female sort of the other female with the same level of chi that she's got who they call a witch. I liked that addition, you know, I liked the story about how she was ostracized, how she's trying to find a place it's turned her heart evil or dark and she's following this this dude and she's Discovering that actually there's no place for her with this dude either. I really like that these two women do not go at it. Like, yes, they could have had amazing female-on-female action, which would have been titillating and great for some, but I actually like that the two strong women in the movie didn't go at each other. Um, There is a scene where they do fight, but it's very gentle. They don't go hard at each other. And then in the climax, where you would expect them to have this Enormous battle scene It doesn't happen The woman The the stronger witch woman Decides that she Actually sees in Mulan What she had wanted for herself She's proud of what Mulan Has been able to accomplish Which is to manage To create acceptance around herself And she wants to help Mulan So I like that whole Women empowering women As opposed to women Taking women down Kind of thing But it didn't make any sense Like it just wouldn't Have actually happened that way. Like, in reality, human nature would have been such that that witch lady would have been overcome with bitterness, that for some reason she couldn't have what this kid Mulan has. So, you know, two ways there. Yeah. So, yeah, so the story, the story just, it wasn't as good, it was empty, um, there were some good additions, but they didn't make any sense. And um, The action, oh, there were little bits and pieces where the Action was phenomenal. I loved the Dothraki, like, you know, the the men riding on the horses. I loved when they did backflips and they sort of shot their arrows. But it was so, like, there was such a tiny portion of that. And there were so many scenes where there could have been great action, but there was nothing. Like, for example, when Mulan saves her love interest from the avalanche, there's, like, nothing there. Like, shouldn't that have been a more epic scene? Um, (laughs) So... So the action was really disappointing, Um, and I think that's the most that I have to say there. There were some good parts to it, but overall it was disappointing. I really wanted to like it. I was so excited, so excited, and it was just a little bit blah. Mm. That's that's me.
0: Okay. Mags, I I know that you have, yeah, I, I think you've got a pretty strong view on some of this as well, Mags. So do you want to shoot next?
3: Yeah, sure. How do I follow that? Um. (laughs) (laughs) So I I, I went in with no preconceptions. Um, I'd seen the cartoon before when it came out originally um, and I liked it, but it it, um, wasn't or hasn't been one of my favourite Disney cartoons of all time. Um, I've got to say, so when I watched it, um, I was... It almost became by the end. You know the movie Spaceballs? It has, by the end, it kind of felt like almost like a parody of ancient kind of oriental um, adventure stories. That That's sort of how it ended up. So I was laughing at a lot of bits where um, I'm sure they didn't intend for it to be funny. Um, I felt that the characters were very two-dimensional and I didn't feel any connection with any of them, which was um, quite disappointing. Usually Disney cartoons in particular and and Disney stories have a lot of heart um, and good nature and a very strong um, story or moral core to it. And this one just seemed to lack or be devoid of it. Um, I found Mulan as a heroine to be quite disappointing, she started off at the beginning as, as this perfect person or heroine, and there was no character growth um, to to her throughout the story. So, you know, she she was quite a boring um, heroine, which was quite strange. Um, I thought the relationship between herself and her father, which is was the genesis of that fourth virtue that ended up on the back of the sword, um, seemed very thin and forced. And as Angela was saying um, before, the um, um, her love for her father, her love for her family and that conflict she felt within herself when she, um, you know, took her father's place and pretended to be a man, um, that that wasn't really... That felt quite thin in this movie. And in some ways, she seemed to be acting in direct contradiction, flouting family traditions, that kind of thing. And she's, you know, even in... I think it was one point in the movie where um, she she said so herself as well. Um, The famous Chinese actors that they had appearing in the film, I thought, were very poorly used, which was a real shame. So Donnie Yen is an example; seemed to get trotted out to show off a whole bunch of kung fu sequences, and that was about it, really.
0: Yeah, his character was like what the just like nothing, right? He basically came out and did kung fu, and that was it.
3: He <laughs> just kung come, comes through every scene he was in, and that was about it. Yeah.
0: It
2: was a real shame. I mean, he's the ultimate man for crying out loud. Also, what happened to him at the end? Because he was meant to be her mentor, right? Her father figure when she's in the army. And mm. then in the end, he just disappears. Like but
0: he's not even he... really her her father figure in the army. Because like, <laughs> when he's in the army, they're in the army, he just sits back in his tent, and then every once in a while he comes out to the platform and does some kung-fu. And that's it. Like there's <laughs> no mentorship like you can't yeah. say yeah <laughs> anyway
3: from, yeah um the villains the row runs
0: yeah. <laughs> the runs
3: <Rolans. laughs> the they seemed more cartoony than the than the cartoon villains like I, I found the cartoon villains much more compelling as villains than the row runs, which um, was disappointing. Um, the character of the witch. Um, Anna Jo, unfortunately, I found her quite disappointing as well. I um, <laughs> thought her connection to Mulan um, as two females in a man's world with too much tea um, <laughs> was actually quite forced and contrived. Yeah, and It infuriated me rather than inspiring me. <laughs> and I thought, that, I mean, they could have done so much more with that. Um, the use of magic in the movie, I thought was completely unnecessary. Um, and I think that if they had focused more on the core story and didn't try to add too many bells and whistles, it would have come out as a much cleaner, simpler, um, more focused
2: movie. Um, Their relationship was very underdeveloped, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, totally.
0: Yeah. Like, can I, can I just say, I agree with both of you guys very strongly. To Mags' point about having a more focused story, like... I actually think if the point of this film was actually to make a more realistic version of Mulan, which was grittier or whatever it is than the cartoon, like, the whole addition of all this crazy magic... Like, you could actually make a pretty solid sort of war story-like dash, like, female empowerment story, without any of this magic, right? Um, And make it, like, much more human and resonant. And instead... Like they've gone down this weird pseudo path where, on one hand, it's supposed to be more realistic, but on the other hand, it's actually way less human than the cartoon. It's bizarre, yeah.
2: Also, I think it's not very feminist at all, actually, or female empowerment at all, because for her to have a place among the men, she had to have an extra thing like magic. She had to have magic, which yeah. isn't a real
0: thing, yeah, exactly. Which
2: we can't
0: have. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because she has a huge chi, right? <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, yeah, anyway. Anyway, yes, agreed, Mags. Um, yes, very well put, Mags, on, on that point. Um, uh, anything else to add, Mags, uh, before we move on to Jerry? Okay. Jerry, do you want to shoot oh, next? Oh, sorry, sh- no, I don't. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> um,
1: Jerry, do you want to shoot next? Or should yeah. I shoot next? So, a little... Arrest- Um, um, About two decades ago, uh, a great movie came out about a young woman in ancient China who was being forced uh, into her socially expected role of marrying uh, and in circumstances where she rebelled against that and what she really wanted to do was be a warrior. And so she uh, left her family and embarked upon the warrior's path. That movie... Was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this movie, the, Mulan, in its trailer, uh, placed a lot of emphasis on action, and so um, the expectation that was generated in the trailer was, this is going to be a Disneyfied version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, and can I just say, this movie was anything but that. Like the 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 emphasis on on. On action in the trailer was completely and utterly misleading because the action in this movie was pretty lame. Now, I was not, I, I, I don't count myself as a particularly big fan of the animated original. Um, I thought it's cheesy, I thought the songs weren't very good, and I found the character of Mushu, for whom uh, there seems to be a great deal of affection on the internet, to be utterly annoying. Like, first of all, the fact that he's named Mushu is just offensive in the first <laughs> place, given that that's the name of a, of a very famous... Uh, American Chinese dish. It's like it's like making a movie about samurais where there's a there's a character called sushi. Like it's just you just you just wouldn't you just would not accept it. And so, oh, oh yeah. And um and so for for all these various reasons, I've never been particularly. I've, I was I, we watched the animated original the night before. I wasn't a big fan. I was just I, I was glad that the movie was short, simply because. I wanted to get it over and done with. It was just uh, as far as sort of Disney animated films went, that it seemed to me to be a completely nothing movie. But but I thought to myself as I was watching it, that's okay because this live action original is going to be Disney Disney's take on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's going to be awesome, and it wasn't. It wasn't for all the reasons that that Aniger and and Maggie have already enumerated. Um, and it, it is frustrating to see that. This movie, you know, cost two hundred million dollars. It's the most expensive movie ever directed by a woman, um, and it has, you know, a crap ton of talent involved. You think of the major ca- the major stars who were who were cast in the movie. Um, mention has already been made of just poor use um, of Donnie Yen in the film, but what about Jet Li? Cast as the Emperor, he does not a single thing, and not only that, but every single one of his lines. Is badly dubbed. Um, is that true? Is that yeah, right? I mean, look, like, Jet, Jet Lee's English has no doubt improved since Romeo Must Die, but like, <laughs> there's no way he speaks with that sort of weird Brooklyn, New York accent that the Emperor has in this movie. Have you fact checked this, Gerald? No, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm going out of the and saying that Jet Lee was dubbed.
0: So you don't. <laughs> To, be, to that point, when Jet Li spoke, I turned around to Mags and said, wow, Jet Li's English has improved a lot. I, 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 I thought that Jet Li had really worked on his English, but anyway.
3: <laughs> did, not, did Jet Li not look like a toy soldier to you? Like, he had so much, like, stuff on. And then, the way yeah, he moved... And, and,
1: like, <laughs> and, his, and his, he, he was obviously... He, he was wearing the fakest grey beard... I <laughs> um, think I've ever seen. I, it was I felt I genuinely bad for Jet Li, just watching him in this movie. and thinking, you, 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 one of the great sort of martial arts stars of Hong Kong cinema, have been reduced to this. Uh, I, I hope, I hope, I hope he collected a, a fat paycheck for this because uh, what an what an utterly undignifying experience it was to to, to watch him uh, go through this. And then Gong Li, um, you know, a, a, as Anuj rightly knows, the character. Portrayed by Gong Li, is, is a nothing character. An attempt is made to give her a bit of backstory and motivation, and to uh, and to have her um, spark a moment of transformation in um, okay. Mulan, which in turn who in turn sparks a moment of transformation in her. But what a what a what a poorly sketched out version of that story uh, was put on the screen in this film. So. Yeah, there was there was there was nothing there was nothing in that in that particular relationship. There was no substance in in the character, and and then you know you've got you've got Jet Li and Donnie Yen and Gong Li's been known to 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 you know she's not a she's not a martial arts star by any measure, but she she has been in 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 movies that do feature a bit of martial arts. So you you think you think at the very least that the action would be good. But as I said before. The action was for the most part pretty lame. The avalanche was totally fake. Like the CGI for the avalanche was rubbish. So even though this movie cost two hundred million dollars, um, you actually didn't see it on the screen. Now that might be that look, we obviously didn't see it in the format in which it was intended. Um and so that no doubt detracts somewhat from the power and the force of the presentation. But I still think that despite the fact that what we got was a a watered down version of the Mulan experience by watching it on the big screen on the small screen rather than the big, the fact of the matter is the, the, the the action wasn't well put together. It wasn't particularly well choreographed. Um, and it was heavily dependent upon tricky dick camera angles. For instance, the James Wan style rotating camera, particularly in the climactic fight scene. Um, which brings me to of course um the villain the villain as as um as maggie notes the villain is just completely lame in this movie i mean not that the villain was particularly good in the in the animated original because the the villain in that movie was just basically a vampire but um i i I just can't believe jason scott lee otherwise known as bruce lee in dragon the bruce lee story has been reduced to this i just found it utterly depressing to think that uh, to think that uh, you know sort of twenty years after twenty or twenty five years after Dragon, uh, Jason Scott Lee is just playing this one note um, mustache twirling oh well beard twirling villain. So all in all, um, not a not a great film yeah. by any measure. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a travesty at, at the same level of say um, the Lion King, but still wasn't great by any measure.
0: Mm. Okay, yeah, look, I I, I, th- I, think I agree with the bulk of everyone's comments. I, I would actually argue that this film is worse than The Lion King, but um, I like the original Mulan much more than Gerald, so maybe that's one of the reasons for that. Um, yeah, look, uh, I, I definitely agree with what Andrew said, what Maggie said, I agree with a lot of what Jerry said as well, right? Like... Um, I think, for me, the key issue with this film is that um, what Anna just said about how the main character doesn't really have a very compelling story arc, right? And this is a film that, like, in some ways should resonate with me, right? Because, you know, I'm ethnically Chinese and, like, you know, when I was growing up, like all these ideals of like filial piety were drummed into me like this whole idea of um sort of uh sort of fulfilling your like fulfilling like your ancestors that sort of thing right that was fully drummed into me so this is a film that should actually sort of gel with me a lot and i I didn't really i didn't really have an emotional connection with this film at all i i think overall i actually watched this film twice i rewatched this film this afternoon because i had such a hazy impression of this film on the first watching that i felt like i had to rewatch it because we were podcasting tonight and in fact i fell asleep during the second second watching of it i fell asleep during the climactic scene that avalanche scene right and i totally agree that for all the money they put in the action, for all the flying around and stuff, the fact that that action has no sort of emotional core that's kind of driving it makes it really hollow. And that's kind of what really put me to sleep. Um, Okay, so I think my main issue with this film is that um, basically like, what Disney has done with Mulan is that she's turned her into... Like, look one of the main criticisms of the new Star Wars films is that Rey is kind of... comes fully formed, right? She doesn't really do any sort of training and then she just has magical powers, right? And they just turned Mulan into Rey. Um, And I felt that was... was, in my mind, that was a travesty, right? Because I I don't know when major studios basically started thinking to themselves that in order to have a strong... Like... At some point, major studios basically said, okay, if we want a strong female character, then she can't be vulnerable at all. She can't really be human. She has to be, like, superhuman, right? But in fact, that's completely the opposite because there's been a whole plethora of strong female characters that are very human and very vulnerable, but. This, like, their very humanness and their very vulnerability makes them relatable, and it makes them resonate with the audience, which is why people love those characters, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I really like, I mean, I really don't understand this choice to have this whole theme of, like, how Chi and well, she is basically the Force, right? Like they, they literally have a line in the film where I felt like I was watching Star Wars, where they were like, Chi is like the living energy that flows through all of us; it connects us all," or something like that. I was like, "Isn't this literally the line from like The Empire Strikes Back or like A New Hope?"
1: But as so, the problem <laughs> is even worse is, Ray was strong in the Force, but was. Raw in her talent and needed to be guided, not least of all by Luke Skywalker, um, uh, and also with uh, with with I think Ghost Yoda. Whereas um, Mulan is even more fully formed in this movie than Rey was in the in the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Um, she does not require any sort of training whatsoever, and in fact she far ex- she her her talents and her powers far exceed those of anyone else in the army and they they were that way from day one and so it's easy to joke that in the figure of mulan disney has given us a mary sue sue spelled s double <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> but yeah look I, I i absolutely agree with that right um and you know the crazy thing is that I don't know how much Star Wars actually influenced this film, but it really influenced it in a bad way. Because when um, Gong Li's character... the I think it's... Uh, I can't... I don't know what her Chinese name is, right? But, like, the, the witch character, Gong Li's the lady who t- turns into hawk, right? She basically has the entirety of Darth Vader's character arc in the space of this movie, right? Like, Darth Vader's character arc from, like, basically the six Star Wars... The, first six, well, you know, episode four, five, and six of um, Star Wars is basically compressed into this one film for her, which is why she feels like such, like, this bizarre character, right? Because she literally, I mean, the reason I say that she's Darth Vader is because she literally has a scene with, with Mulan where she's like, come join me, right? Where both sort of ostracized women, join me, and, like, together we'll, like, you know, learn the power of the dark side essentially right like it's a scene where like she rides off she like you know like the um the roran barbarians they have this feigned retreat and she rides off after after them and she goes into this weird magical like area, and the witch corners her, and they literally have that Darth Vader conversation. You should re-watch that scene, because the lines that she says are so similar to Darth Vader. And then, at the end of the film, they have that the Darth Vader redemption scene, where like, she comes down, and Mulan basically is Luke Skywalker, and is like, you know, Father, I could, I still sense good in you. Like, don't give up, sort of thing, right? And then she basically goes, No, no, no it's too late. I'll fly you to the Emperor. And, um, yeah, the well, I'll fly you to Bori Khan, who is the Emperor. And in the same way as Star Wars, she gets killed by the Emperor, in the same way that Darth Vader gets killed by the Emperor. So there are just these really weird parallels and weird decisions in this film. And they kind of take, like the worst bits of Star Wars and kind of do it or they take good bits of Star Wars and they just compress it into like a really sort of really short period of time and it just doesn't work, right? I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if it's because like, you know, Star Wars has so many aspects of that sort of classic hero's journey and maybe it's not really Star Wars but they're taking from other tropes but yeah, there are definitely sort of weird Star Wars parallels here, here that I really, really disliked. Um... I think the other thing with this film is that, like many other recent um sort of blockbuster films where there isn't the heart isn't there. So this film claims that it's got themes that are tied around you know loyalty, truth, honor filial piety, right? You know, this stuff that they've got written on her family sword, right? But, the reality is that at no point in the film does it really feel like they explore any of those like those sort of um, precepts in any way, right? Like they don't really they're just words that just get put on the screen, right? They get words that get drummed into you that, oh, actually this is what the film is about but really the actions of the characters don't really explore that or like don't provide any meaning for the audience, right? So again, like that sort of that sort of hollow Hollywood approach to, um, themes where it's like, instead of actually exploring them organically through character, it's kind of just like, oh, these, this, this is what this film is about. I'm just going to spell it out for you on, like, spell it out for you, but I'm not, not going to actually show you in practice. Right. I felt that was, um, yeah, I, I thought that was, that really detracted from the film, um, for me. Um, So, the other thing, I think, is that... I mean, Aniger's made some comparisons to the animated film, and uh, there are a few things that... like, So, I absolutely agree with Aniger that, like, um, I'll make a man out of you. That scene in the animated film is much better. But, like, there's all this, like, nuance in the animated film. And I kind of just want to make this comparison now, right? Because I, I think it's actually quite telling, like, how... Um, well thought out some of the scenes in the animated film are and how not thought out they are in the in this in this live action film so for example right like um, just if you think about the ending of this film right there's a there's a nuance to this right so the ending of the of this film so what happens at the end of this film the emperor offers Mulan a place on his imperial guard that's right, right? I'm, I'm, I'm remembering the story of the this live-action film, properly. Like, she's offered a place on his bodyguard or something like that, right? Essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So, she's offered a place as a warrior. Now, this is important. This is an important nuance, right? In the animated film, that's not what she's offered. In the animated film, the Emperor offers her a place on his council. She doesn't value her as a warrior. She wa- values her as an advisor and... As source of truth right Th- these are like very different things like I mean if, if you think about it like it kind of shows like well what does this this film value and what does the animated film value well clearly this film ironically it, for ironically values like martial strength over all other things while the animated film values as Anna just said ingenuity determination, like, smarts, right? Like, you don't have to be the strongest person, but she's shown that she's got guts and she can think around the problem, right? So it feels really weird for me that, like, in a refresh of this film, that in some ways we're kind of going backwards into a... Actually, might is... Like, being strong is actually the most important thing rather than being resourceful and disciplined and, um, and yeah, being resourceful and disciplined and you know, like, having ingenuity, right? Um, yeah, for me, that like, it's, it's just this bizarre disconnect, these bizarre choices that they've made in this film that don't feel right, that don't, don't feel right with me anyway, right? Um, th- the other point that I'll make is actually um, like, I know that Jerry said that he didn't really like the character of Shang-Yu in the Cartoon. So, Shang-Yu is the equivalent of Bori Khan in the cartoon. And I agree that Shang-Yu in the Mulan animated cartoon is not the most memorable of all of Disney's villains. But when I re-watched the Mulan cartoon, I definitely noticed, I felt that Shang-Yu and the Huns that were portrayed in the animated film were a more menacing force than Bori Khan. And the reason for that is, like the way they draw Shang Yu is constantly, he's constantly in this predatory he's in the shadows, he's constantly in this sort of predatory pose right, he's like a sort of menacing kind of guy, right and they've got these scenes that kind of make his horde kind of scary, right there's a scene in the animated film where basically the um, he uh, Shang Yu picks up this Doll, right? And he throws it to his um, his soldiers, right? It's clearly a doll, and he uh, he asks it, the the words are, "What do you got? What do you see?" Right? And to the layperson, it's just a doll, right? But all of his soldiers, instead of saying, "Oh, I see a doll," all of his soldiers are like picking up sort of military aspects, right? Oh, there's gunpowder on this. There's um, traces of like this smell or whatever it is, right? And it creates this sense of genuine menace because it. It's basically like these guys don't be, like these guys are just veteran raiders, right? They don't they when they see a doll, they don't see a doll. They only see the military situation, right? Um, and then that scene is followed by basically uh, this song that um, that in. In the animated, you know, it's a, the animated Mulan is kind of like a musical, and they're singing this song about the, you know, Mulan's friends are singing this song about, um, sort of, uh, basically girls, <laughs> essentially, right? How they miss girls, and the song abruptly ends because it goes to this village or this whole area, this this army that the Huns have just decimated, right? It's, you know. It, there's nothing alive. It's everything is scorched earth, right? And then in that scene, you see this doll again, right? It's this reminder of these are the types, this is the type of person that you're dealing with here, right? In the live action film, so that in my mind creates a sense of menace, right? Like this is a genuine threat that has to be counted. In the live action film, I don't feel like Bori Khan ever creates that level of threat. He always comes across as just like some mustache twirling Saturday morning villain, right? It, it, it's never, like, you never really see, well, what is really going to happen if this guy kind of wins? There's, like, no real stakes here. He's just like, he's just like any, like, there's no sort of menace or, um, yeah, there's there's no real menace that's created there. So I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think this is this is just another example of how, even though the animated film is more it is shorter, it's able to get its message across in a more effective way, and the live action film tries it never really gets the core message across in the same way, right? And as a result, it's just a much much inferior film in my mind anyway. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so. That's kind of my, uh, my main take on Mulan. Mags, I think you wanted to discuss something else as well.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, what I find interesting is that... So my parents watched the movie Today as an example, and they really liked it. And it's getting really high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and great reviews. So I'm just wondering what it what is it that people are seeing in this movie that I guess we didn't see.
1: Um, well, the thing is, it's not it's not it hasn't gotten uniformly high reviews, um, and there's a really big disjunct between the critical reaction and the audience reaction on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think as of yesterday, it was 80% fresh with critics, but only 48% with audiences. Hmm. So um, I think I think. I think certain critics were wowed by the visuals because there are certain shots of, of 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 genuine beauty in the movie. And even though the action choreography is pretty rubbish for the most part, there are moments when um, when you know the the camera captures something genuinely artful in some of the action sequences, for instance, when um when she leans back against a horse to avoid a spear that's headed her way. but um, I, I think I think critics were sort of seduced by that, and um, and I think they were they were for the most part rooting for the movie to succeed, right? Because look, Disney, this is a movie that through no fault of its own has to be distributed um, in this suboptimal way that is via video on demand first rather than hitting the big screen, and obviously you know film critics. Uh, miss the experience of being able to see content on the big screen so I, I, I don't doubt for a minute that there is a there is a section of the sort of um, Hollywood um, critic industrial complex that was genuinely um, rooting for this movie and wanting to see it succeed and I think that probably got the better of the critical faculties of some of these people because on, on no view is this a, a movie that uh, would, I think if it had been released on the big screen, if there had been no COVID-19, uh, the critical reaction that would have meant this movie would be similar to that which meant the, which befell The Lion King last year.
0: Mm. Did The Lion King get bad reviews? On the-
1: yeah. Yeah, it got bad reviews. Everyone, I think it was, it was the, the critical consensus was that The Lion King uh, was a, a, a genuinely watered-down version of the original, not least because uh, photorealistic lions... Um, can't emote in the way that animated cartoon lions can. So, um, mm. and 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 so both these live action or photorealistic projects are these sort of attenuated versions of the originals. Mm. Um, mm. And I think I think Disney's got to put a stop to this. Uh, this project is not working out. But, but like the. These live action remakes or photorealistic remakes are just not working out. The Jungle Book was not very good, but it's probably the best out of all of these. I know Anage is a big fan of the Will Smith Aladdin, mm. but but I'm I think, not a
2: big fan. I'm just saying it's 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 an okay. It's better than you're going to think it is, and it's enjoyable. Mm.
1: But I think on I think you, you have to say that this project has been a genuine failure. It's been probably a commercial success. Particularly having regard to just how much money Aladdin made, mm. but take a step back and you think, and you've got to say that almost uniformly these movies have been have been you pale shadows of the original.
2: Seen most of them, Gerald. You haven't seen um, Beauty and the Beast. You haven't seen Aladdin. You haven't seen Cinderella, huh?
1: <laughs> <I haven't laughs> seen the and, and this, yeah. all three of which were were more or less duds. Uh, yeah. and so what? what why is Disney continuing to do this it's just and, and 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 you can almost count Maleficent as one of these as well even though it's more of a spin-off of a of an existing of an existing property rather than a remake and Maleficent was rubbish so um, I, I just think Disney has has got to put a stop to this because um, um, you, you see this you see you see what has happened to the Star Wars universe. Uh, and notwithstanding that Bob Iger has been a tremendous success and has done genuinely great things in turning the Disney business around artistically at the very least, um, the only the it's only Pixar and the MCU that's uh, that's firing uh, that's you know that's that's shooting you know and hitting the targets because otherwise you'd just say that Disney is making movie but movies by committee. And the results have speak only for themselves. The yeah. problem
2: isn't the idea of remaking. It's it's what they are producing in the remake. Like, all of these movies could be fantastic. They're just not. Except for the, the um, animal ones, because the technology just isn't there for them to be fantastic
0: yet. Mm. Well, you know, okay, so, Jerry, what you were saying about how you feel like Bob... Like, I actually think that the product... I actually think... So, Bob Iger, I agree, has turned Disney's business around. But I actually think that during the Michael Eisner age of Disney, like, there was a period where they were putting out films... Like, I generally felt that there was a stage where... Every film that Disney put out had heart, right? Like, it was... It felt like there was love put into these films, that these films were not purely made to basically reap every dollar they could out of the audience, right? That these films were genuinely about something. Um, And to be honest, during that Michael Eisner era, even though from a commercial perspective, that Michael Eisner era is seen as um, deeply flawed, like, you, you think about the classic Disney films that were put out during that era, like, there's so many, like, really strong... Like film, like really strong films with really good heart, like animated films that were put out in that in that era. Now, if you take away the MCU, which I think Kevin Feige has a lot to do with, right? Um, basically, like I, I kind of feel like Disney has lost a lot of that heart. Like even Pixar, there was a stage where Pixar Pixar could not make a bad film, right? And i don't think pixar has made a bad bad film but it's def i definitely feel that the quality and the heart in some of their more recent films have not it's not the same as like the sort of the peak of pixar so yeah i definitely feel that like perhaps this refocus on commercialism has potentially hurt some of the um the creative output um and the charm of Disney films, right? And I I probably agree with you that it's probably because of this, you know, like, movie executives and this idea that you have to, like, make movies by committee. Um, I kind of want to circle back a little bit to kind of um, Mags's sort of question also about why, um, like, critics seem to love this film so much. Like when I think about it, like do you think that this is beca- do you think it's because critics one are afraid of Disney <laughs> like they don't want to piss Disney off because I, I don't know if there's sort of some kickback sort of system in place um, but I think also potentially like there's a there is an element of well oh like if, I, there's a certain I think there's a there's certain films recently that have shown that the um, ger- journalist media, sort of, uh, the review media of films, there is a bit of a sort of echo chamber around that. So I wonder if it is because there are one guy posts on Twitter that they like it and they kind of all feel like they sort of fall in line behind that for that sort of echo chamber. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I
1: don't know. I, I, part, part of it is that, I think, look... The, the production of this movie is something that you would want to succeed. It's filled with people of color. It's the most expensive uh, woman ever, di- uh, most expensive film helmed by a female director, um, and uh, for all these various reasons, um, it's a movie that you you would want to root for. I wanted it to succeed. I sat down watch it. I sat down, and as the credit, as the as the as the castle came into view. Uh, signifying that this was a Disney movie, I was really excited because I I genuinely wanted this movie to succeed, notwithstanding that you know Liu Yifei had said you know questionable things about about the actions of China in Hong Kong. Despite all of that, I, I I I thought you know that this was a movie that that if it if it was even of halfway decent quality, um, you know should be championed. But I think. That that story, the the story of how uh, Disney was kind of making amends for some of the um, perhaps off color moments and stereotyping uh, in the animated original, I think that just all got in the way of people exercising firm critical judgments in relation to this film, uh, and it's I think this is one of those instances when. Uh, it's the audiences not the critics that have got it right mm,
0: yeah look I, I, I definitely agree with that point I definitely agree with that point um okay do you guys feel like this was worth the 35 bucks on Disney Plus <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: But not the not the extra subscription fee we had to pay. <laughs> not the 89, class of I mean, 35. Yeah, because
0: I'm interested, right, like with you guys, whether you feel like going forward you would be willing to consume premier movies in this way through streaming rather than going to the theatres.
2: Look, if there's no cinema and they're premier movies, we'll pay anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah but... but I mean, cinemas are open um, in Australia right now they're open.
2: Yeah. If right? if we feel comfortable enough covid-wise to go, then absolutely not, but until that point, unfortunately. Yeah. And
1: yes. and it's it doesn't seem to me that um, that despite the despite the message about social distancing, um, cinemas are really taking quite the level of precautions that they should be right now. So a friend of mine was recently at a screening of, of Tenet and said that the cinema was packed to the rafters. Um okay, so I think I think it's it's fair to say that that um, there is still that there is ins, it's you know, there, there are people who are willing to to go for marquee film events like Tenet, But um, we, we for our part, I think we, we are we would we would consider ourselves um, at one with that segment of the population that's that's thinking, hey, there's just too much risk here. Uh, let's 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 see let's let's see the world re- restored to norm to normality first before heading to the cinema because like you know if for instance I had gone to see this movie on the big screen and caught COVID nineteen I would have been really stupid <laughs> because that's COVID nineteen for a movie it had better be a bloody masterpiece.
3: Ah. <laughs> oh. oh.
0: I think I think that was a great way to end this podcast, Jerry. Um, <laughs> so so on that note, I, I, is there anything else else we really want to speak about tonight um, relating to Mulan?
1: No, I think I think we've I think we've exhausted, uh, we've exhausted the the, the disappointment uh, reserves um, in relation to this movie. Suffice it to say that uh, uh, despite the best intentions of all involved, and despite the best hopes of those who who, who watched it. Um, coming, coming to with a sense of excitement generated by the trailer, uh, this movie really fails to live up to the expectations, and it's 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 really a bit sad.
0: Yeah, look, I, I agree with that. I would just like to add, even though Gerald doesn't love the animated uh, Mulan movie, I rewatched the animated Mulan movie basically immediately after watching this live action film, and I I don't know if it was the impact of the live action film, but I actually really like the live action uh, the animated movie so um, yeah if you if anyone is listening out there and would like an alternative to this mulan film um, with a bit more heart I would thoroughly recommend utilizing your Disney plus subscription and watching that animated movie. okay um, on that note thank you very much everyone for joining me tonight and um, we will be back with another film soon so say goodbye everyone.
3: See ya. Bye. Oh. Bye.